This is the Horse Radio Network. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. You are listening to the number one horse podcast in the world. Here's your entertaining look at the horse world and the people in it. Well, good morning, everybody. I am Glenn Geek in Ocala, Florida. And I'm Jamie Jennings, and I'm in Norman, Oklahoma. You're listening to Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for May 10th, episode 2678, brought to you today by Kemen Equine. Good morning, horse world. I have good news and bad news for you on this Monday morning. First, the bad. It's Monday. But the good news is really good. Jamie and Glenn are here to guide you through another week filled with horse talk and a whole lot of fun. Welcome to Horses in the Morning. It's Monday, Glenn, not Monday. Let's (laughs) celebrate Mondays. The week to be productive. Well... And, uh, you know, nothing happened in the horse world over the weekend. So That's we're what just, I'm saying. Yeah, like, whatever, we're going to call nothing. it a day. We figured we'd just take today off because there was really nothing that happened. No, no, know, no exciting news or anything. You started last Friday's show with that. And, and I'm, I'm not going to let it fly again because, like, <laughs> oh, my God. Are you freaking kidding me? So wasn't Bob it, Baffert? Let me ask you a question because I was trying to remember this without looking it up. I didn't have time to look it up. Was it last year that we had the whole controversy with the bumping and the horse being yes. eliminated from the Kentucky Derby? Maximum security yes. in okay. 2020. Just I, like 2020 wasn't weird enough. Wait, no, it was 2019. 20... <laughs> That's right, no. 2019. Because they didn't have the Derby last year in 2020 until October. Right. So, yeah, that was where I was confused if it was the previous one, whether we were having, well, why don't you go over what happened over the weekend? Okay, so if you have not heard, which I don't know how you haven't, because it is all over, like, USA Today, I mean, everybody, um, Medina Spirit, who won the Kentucky Derby, failed a post-race drug test. And so Bob Baffert had to make a statement on Sunday well, he did a whole press uh, conference, right? He a came press out. conference yeah. talking about it. I guess he was tested positive for betamethasone, which is a, a, a type of steroid. So he didn't have that much in the system, but it's more than double the allowed limit in Kentucky racing. So, and apparently, to clarify, it is allowed. You're allowed to use this. There's like a two week period after you use it when days. it disappears, right into your into the horse's system and doesn't test. Now, here's here's the two sides of the picture. Okay, let's look at Bob Baffert. The dude is at the top of his game. He has been involved in drug scandals. For those who didn't know, pretty much all year, five like, times. It's five, five times, times this yeah. year. So. He, to use a drug, would be a complete freaking idiot because the horse that's first and the horse that's last get drug tested no matter what. So Is that the way it is? I thought they all got tested. Uh, Definitely the first and last one. Why the last Um, one? Why, why? I don't think. Because why was he last place? Oh, okay. You know, you got to check that too. So um, the, the fact that he would, use a performance enhancing drug would be the dumbest thing ever. So that begs the question, is he that dumb or did somebody mess with him? You know, is somebody trying to frame him for something? No. Well, the thing is he's, I mean, gosh, those horses and everything is so tight. It's so tight, but he also has a billion people working for him. He's not even the head trainer of this horse. Like he kind of swoops in at the end. No, that's why he was really surprised the horse won. (laughs) Yeah. And that's the thing too. So, so I talked to somebody in the racing industry yesterday about their opinion about it because I knew we were going to talk about it this morning. And I immediately, when I read this, I was like, Oh, somebody's out to get him because he can't be that stupid because he has a target on his back. He is, he is the top trainer for like the decade. And so I was like, he's got to, and then I spoke to somebody in the racing industry who's like, yeah, he didn't actually think that horse was going to win. No. So the fact that it did win now did 21 mil picograms of beta methasone change the outcome of the race probably not but is it illegal yes it is and that it's is an anti-inflammatory whole... it's not a 
it's not a, a antibiotic a, a anabolic steroid, which yes. is used, or they normally use for juicing, right? So uh, it's not that. It's an anti-inflammatory. Matter of fact, they mix it mix it with DMSO and and poultices uh, and use it that way sometimes too. Yeah, it's yeah. one of those steroids that they would put like in a joint to to lower um, the inflammation, the inflammatory cells. So, uh, the, I mean. So, so the person in the racing industry was like, oh yeah, no, that guy is a, um, he's, he, they all, I mean, everybody drugs, everything. They're just got to tighten up the ship, you know? And she was like saying that. Wasn't that why we passed that law to develop that nationwide program about drugs and testing and, and stuff? And it's, well, it's working because look, it's <laughs> affecting. The now I will say this world. before, before we all go crazy, it, the way they do this is they do a split sample. So they take the sample that day and they split it. And one sample goes out for the initial test. If it comes back positive, like this did, then they send the second one out for a test to see if they get the same results. We're waiting on that one. That could come back negative, and then this all goes away. Now, so, don't they have an option as well to do a DNA test, like a, a hair follicle test? That I don't know. Yeah, so I read a little bit about that too. So there are other things that are, you know, I mean, it's Oh, and he'll appeal to- it for the next 10 years. <laughs> Yeah, I mean yeah. it's but it's it's hard to form an opinion because it's there's just so much at stake and so much involved and and who I mean who knows. I saw somebody who, you post know who knows? I'm like well, the person Bob that did it or didn't do it. <laughs> yeah. You know? And do you think but he has 100,000 people working for him. Do you think he really knows what goes on with all these horses? No. It's hey. supposed to, everything is supposed to be documented with in an inch of their life that's kind of how it is now with the commission and so the fact that this would get in is is unbelievable you know or is it just believable you know what i mean so Uh so i i I, I can't slay him until it's happened you know until uh, innocent until proven guilty i guess it was what we're supposed to do that's not the way that our social media world works which is guilty until proven innocent but i'm gonna stick with innocent until proven guilty well you know a lot of them over the weekend i was reading the comments on all these posts over the weekend of course half of them had him you know hanging by by his neck and the other half were like we gotta wait you know i I hate to think that he does this. And of course, you do hate to think that people do this because you want to believe the best in people. But, you know, this is the reason this commission was put together. We'll know this uh, sample test is supposed to be in today, I think. Now, the, what complicates this even further is this horse is supposed to run in the Preakness. And the Preakness, believe it or not, everybody, oh, yeah. is this weekend. So officials from Maryland uh, have said that any decision regarding the entry of Medina Spirit in the 146th Preakness will be made after review of the facts, which means they're waiting for the second test to come out. That's what that means. Read between the lines. They rescheduled the post-draw until Tuesday, for Tuesday afternoon by a day, so they're not doing it until Wednesday to make sure they get all the information in first. So that's because... I gotta give I gotta give Churchill Downs credit. Immediately they came out and suspended Bob Baffert and all the horses aren't allowed to race at that track until further notice. So they immediately did that. I think they had to do that. They they just had to do that. So, you know, just for appearance sake, they had to do that. Now, does that stop him from getting one of his many thousand other trainers that work under him to just register or, you know, put the horse in the race? I don't know. I don't think we know enough about yeah. how that all works, because is if it's a Bob Baffert trained horse, he has assistant trainers working for him. Well, it's still a Bob Baffert horse. So I would imagine all of them were suspended. And if this suspension goes through, they've got to get out. And if this if this suspension is held up at other tracks around the country, there's nowhere for these horses to go. You know, they have to go to other trainers and everything. So because they will evacuate the stalls, like they'll be like, get off the property completely. So it's going to be. If I went to court today, I could argue both sides. We'll see what happens after today. (laughs) Here's the thing, people. Sit on your fingers. Yeah. Just sit on your hands and don't type anything and let's just wait and watch with the well, rest of the world. Believe it or not, and very few people know about this, but in my equestrian fact of the day in a few minutes, I'm going to talk about one other time this happened 
and it was a drug test. And the horse was eliminated. So we'll talk about that in just a minute. I went down that rabbit hole today. But first, on today's show, we have Emily Weiss, Dr. Emily Weiss, who's vice president of the ASPCA. Uh, She's in charge of equine welfare, and she's joining us to talk about their Adopt-A-Horse Month. Also, Auditor Lindsay Ardmore shares her passion for helping veterinarians with her new program called The Automated Vet. And apparently, you all still have some equestrian first world problems. So we're going to get into those as well. And now it's time for some Daily Winnies, if I can. I'm waiting for the music. working? There we go. No. (laughs) No, I did three times. (laughs) Three times. (laughs) Okay, welcome, welcome to Technological Day Monday. Um, we have some birthdays, so uh, happy birthday to these people. Happy birthday to auditors Abby Basner. We have Jordan Gray and Julie Hansen all had birthdays, as well as Rosie, whose last name I can't say. Rosie, you know who you are. You're the only Rosie that's an auditor. So happy birthday to you, too. Before you got married, I could say your last name. No, I can't. So uh, I, I consider that your fault. <laughs> I can't say anybody's name. Oh, I've got to give a daily winnie out to my dear husband. Hey, Chad, I'm giving you my daily Winnie. He's walking around the house. Um, So he has been flying all weekend. I mean, he just flies on the weekends. It sucks. So he's been flying a lot on the weekend. So he missed Mother's Day. So he drops Lucas off at school and apparently ran to the grocery store. And I'm sitting downstairs and I'm doing all my research. And he comes in with, oh, my God, you guys. He comes in with champagne and strawberries and orange juice. He's going to make mimosas and strawberries. So have you started drinking already? Is that what you're saying? (laughs) He pulls it all out. And I was like, I can't drink that right now. I got to go to work. (laughs) (laughs) You could have. I mean, this show, you could drink a little first. So dear sweet husband of mine (laughs) has downstairs, there's champagne and strawberries and a very unhappy husband. (laughs) And he's got breakfast to make and all this stuff. And I was like... He's like, can I go ahead and eat? <laughs> yes, go ahead and eat. I'm sorry. <laughs> but Apparently yes, he forgot that you had to work today. <laughs> intended morning, but you know, I can't drink and talk at the same time. Uh, the first thing to go is my mouth. I get numb. <laughs> I drink so, yeah. before I do those uh, those live uh, roundtables that we do. I might have a glass of wine or something before those sometimes. Yeah. But it's evening. Can't. That also is evening, so. I don't have to function I, after drinking that. Drinking shuts me down. You know when you used to drink to go out? Like yes. You would drink. Now you drink to sleep. <laughs> pre-gaming, yeah. You uh, Climbing yeah. up the hill. Now I drink to go down the hill. <laughs> I'm out. Hey, I got to give you a report here before we get to a couple other things we have to do before our first guest. Um, Pickles, uh, our greyhound, as we talked about last week, Jennifer delivered her to her new home in Georgia. Aww. And I actually met the lady halfway at a Cracker Barrel, of course, because where else do you meet? And uh, transferred transferred the dog, and we got some pictures and some reports over the weekend. Now, remember, this lady has five other greyhounds. So uh, Pickles went there, and apparently the first day was introduced to, like, two of them. You have to do that slowly. Um, and was playing and having a ball in her fence-in backyard. Was just running around like a nut. So and she's sound. Yeah, and she was pretty good when we left. She wasn't limping hardly at all anymore. Now that might change over the weekend. I don't know. But uh, <laughs> then the next day, brought her out to a dog park and got to run and play. And we got pictures of her totally sacked out in the evening, uh, exhausted. So Aww. I think she's doing good. I think she apparently got along well with the other dogs. She's very submissive. So the one other female they had there. Uh, kind of, you know, snapped at her, and she turned the other way and went running. So, okay, you know, that's good. You know, when you have one that knows replaced, then that's fine. So, uh, so it all worked out. I think it's gonna. She's gonna have a good home up there. That's awesome. So, good yes. job, boss. I know that was tough. Yeah, but you know what? We got to take all the gates down in the house. We left food out on a table, and it didn't get eaten. Um, there's not 55 dog beds. Without all the dog stuff, the house looks huge. I was impressed. So it's anyway, so clean in here. <laughs> it is cleanness. It's right. First thing I did was sweep and mop. There's dog hair. It's gone. All right, Kevin Equine, let's talk about that. 
It's no surprise Americans are among the most stressed out people on the planet. And your horse gets stressed out too. Every horse experiences stress caused by things like exercise, environmental conditions like the weather, or their everyday surroundings. Travel causes horse stress just like humans and even simple diet changes. All of these variables contribute to the stress levels of your horse. This might also come as a surprise. You can help reduce the negative impacts of stress by feeding your horse chromium every day. By lowering the levels of the stress hormone cortisol and optimizing energy use, feeding chromium results in improved body upkeep, health, and performance, and overall well-being. But this part is important. Don't just feed any chromium. Feed your horse the only FDA-reviewed source of chromium propionate on the market today. Chemtrace Chromium from Chemin. Ask for it by name and stress less. Learn more about Chemtrace Chromium at Chemin.com slash Chromium EQ. Before we get to the equestrian fact of the day, I, this came across, there's a weather guy we follow here in Florida that's very popular. And this came across, what I'm looking at is a picture of a pickup truck, a Ford F-150. And the windshield has a huge hole in it. And the back window of the pickup truck is completely blown out. And I thought deer, because for some reason, there's this red around the windshield where it's where there's this big hole in it. Um, and I thought, wow, they hit a deer. But this is what this is what uh, Walton County, of course, this is in Florida, by the way, <laughs> up in the panhandle, Walton County Fire Rescue. Just after 7.30 a.m., we were dispatched to a traffic crash near mile marker 81 on southbound I-10. Get this. Now, something else you have to worry about. Lightning struck the roadway, causing a chunk of the road to fly through the windshield and the back window of the truck. What? Lightning hit the roadway in front of them. A big chunk of the road came up and went through their windshield and through how does the that, back. I, I heard you. I just don't know how that happens. I never. That's like heard. some Avengers level <laughs> stuff right there. <laughs> it is. Believe, they're in the hospital, but they lived. I don't know how they lived. This the the hole in the windshield is a a foot around. It's a foot wide, and the complete back window of the pickup truck's so blown it, out. The lightning struck the ground in front of them, and behind them is where the road like leapt up in the air and jumped no, forward. No, no, it, their- it it actually struck in front of them. A chunk came up and went through the front of the windshield and out the back window. Oh my god, that's terrifying. <laughs> I just, that's one of the most bizarre, I had to talk talk about weird news. There you go. Sorry, of- I was having a really hard time grasping that for some reason. <laughs> yeah, because it doesn't happen. <laughs> that's why you can't sense. grasp it. You kept talking about the back window. I'm like, how did that get affected? Oh my God. <laughs> Can you imagine like a tiny rock comes out your windshield? And you know your windshield's not going to break, <laughs> yeah. but you still duck. Imagine what would happen if a big ginormous slate of asphalt was coming at you. And you know, you've been around lightning that has hit close. I mean, we had a lightning hit the tree right on our paddock right outside our window. And it was like the whole house shook. I mean, you know when lightning's hitting close. So they knew that. It had to happen like that. And I don't know how the passenger lived because this big hole's on the passenger side. He must have ducked. You're right. That's the only way this person lived. Only way. Oh, gosh. Welcome to Florida. (laughs) We find more ways to kill you here. (laughs) (laughs) You're like the Australia of America. It is. (laughs) Oh, my God. And now it's time for today's equestrian who knew fact of the day. So now we're going to go back to 1968. Yes, we were having Kentucky Derbies back then, too. Now, Uh, let me stop you. Yes. Were you born in 1968? I was born in 62, so yes, I was. Oh my gosh, you're strapping young four-year-old. <laughs> That's Go. right. I don't remember or this. Six-year-old. <laughs> um, so Peter Fuller owned a horse named Dancer's Image, who was in the Kentucky Derby that year. Well, what happened was he got a bad, bad break out of the gate. He was bumped and quickly fell to 15 lengths off the lead in last place. But slowly through the race, he weaved past the others, and at the top of the stretch, he went in the inside and passed the favorite, whose name was Forward Pass, at the eighth pole. He went from last to first and won by a length and a half. 
So, you know, it was a pretty amazing thing that it happened with this horse all the way around. It was just amazing. Well, one day later, he tested positive for Butte. At that time, it was legal to use in training, but couldn't be in the system on, on race day, horse's system on race day. Sound familiar? You mm-hmm. know, pretty much the drug today was, you know, kind of acting like Butte, right? That we were talking about earlier. That's kind of what it was. So he's using Butte, which we all use all the time. Uh, but it was in the system. And this was the first time this had ever happened. First of all, I didn't even know they were drug testing back in 1968. Apparently, they would drug test a winner and a random horse. They would pick a random horse. So that's how they did it back then. So they had no idea what to do. Churchill Downs had no idea what to do because this had never happened before. So they made the decision to declare the second place horse forward past the Derby winner. And Dancer's Image uh, went from last to first on race day and went back to last again (laughs) three days later. This went to court. Okay. So Peter Fuller took it to court. And five years later, it was upheld that they lost the money. So, and that he was He lost a lot more money than that. And the reason he stopped fighting it, it was never officially decided. He quit. He threw in the towel because he was, he had already spent more than the, that he'd won on lawyer's fees. And he kind of finally just gave up. Now there's a, to it. First of all, by the way, we didn't talk about this earlier. For those people who are wondering if you have to give your winnings back, no. Um, what they did say is that even if this Medina Spirits is considered to, you know, to be eliminated, you'll still keep your first place money. And the people who uh, you're betting money, you're talking about, yeah, the not, betting not money, the prize no. money for the race. If you bet on the race and won, you don't have to give your winnings back. But the people who bet on the second place horse will not get first place winnings. So, no, because the yeah. race was deemed official already. Right. So that's the kind of... It has nothing fix. to do with the betters. Now, uh, Bob Baffert has to give his money back, and <laughs> the owner has to give their money back, yes. Yeah. Now, there's another angle that when I started going down the rabbit hole in this dancer's image thing, that's very interesting. So Peter Fuller, uh, this race happened soon after Martin Luther King was assassinated. So Peter Fuller... In Dan- ran Dancer's Image in one of the lead-up races to this race and won. It, he won like $100,000 in that lead-up race to the Kentucky Derby with Dancer's Image. He gave the money, the winnings, to Martin Luther King's wife. And he tried to do it quietly, but it came out. Now, you have to remember what things were like back in 1968. Things weren't the same as they are now, right? So... So what happened was he gave the money to the wife. Well, immediately started getting death threats. Somebody burned one of his barns down that he had in Connecticut. It got ugly. Come up to the Kentucky Derby, all of a sudden, his horse tests positive. So he claimed that this was a setup, that this was just trying to get back at him because he supported Martin Luther King. And, uh, and it, of course, Kentucky in those days, you know, not the greatest. So it was a whole thing about that. When I got reading, they had actually had uh, screenshots of some of the articles in some of the big newspapers. And it, this went on for apparently months, this whole conspiracy theory about this, which he started, you know, because he even showed the letters of where he was getting death threats and stuff. So, geez, when you dig into some of this stuff... it's just, I didn't know anything about this. Did you know anything about this? I did not because I've never even had uh, up until this had heard of uh, this horse because forward pass was the the winner. That's who's on the list. There's no asterisk by it or anything like that. So it's pretty crazy. Um, Now, as I've told you before, the truth is always somewhere in the middle. middle. Always. Um, yep. But but it is that is really a heartbreaking story. This I'm reading the article. Like he went to his grave, and anytime anybody would bring it up, he would cry. Yep. This is one of those cases where you wonder what actually happened. You know the. And I don't think Peter Fuller was like a, a super trainer like Bob Baffert. You know he wasn't in that category. Um, and and it was one of those you know, kind of stories like this one is rags to riches, right? Um, well, Peter Fuller was, had money. His, 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 I was just reading like his dad was the governor of Massachusetts and also, 
um, an early dealer of Cadillacs and said to be one of the richest Americans and their family had 11 servants. Oh, well, <laughs> so. you know, he, he wasn't hurting, but I think this hit him, or, you know, hit, hit him hard from what yeah. I read, what you read. But too. it's not like Butte is a really rare drug, you know, no. but it's also easy to put. Well, uh, the, the other hmm, thing I was reading about both these drugs, the one from today and the one and Butte is it also like you say, okay, let's keep it out of the system for 14 days, right? So the, you got 14 day leeway and then usually it's gone but it depends on the horse too from what i was reading some horses it may stay in the system for 21 days it depends on the metabolism of the horse don't drug your so, horses so <laughs> about that Come you know it's just i you know i so anyway that's uh that was just so interesting because i didn't know anything about this by the way it was the only other time that that we've had this situation i think what's really disheartening about this whole situation to me is that I am dealing with horses that come from lower tracks and smaller tracks and, and they don't have the Bob Baffert rise to greatness, you know, with these great trainers and these super rich, famous people. And, and, and like more than half of the horses come to me very, their brains are good. They've had good people that love them and take care of them. But I got one in recently and uh, I'm not going to talk about it yet, but when I, when I talked to people involved, they were like, oh yeah, th that trainer that he came from uses a lot of drugs. And it's, it's, I can tell that there, there's something uh, unhappy about this horse, you know? And like, he doesn't, it's like when I had Groot, my makeover horse, and I finally got a hold of the trainer and I said, I don't understand. How did you, number one, ship this horse? And how did you get his feet done? Because he was so bad. And we got, how did you get him in the trailer? And he's like, dorm. There like, that was the trainer's answer to the person who's taking his horse to the thoroughbred makeover. Like, that was, and it was like, not ashamed. Dorm, just give him dorm. Like, no, 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 no. That's not what we're going to do to the horse. We're going to train him. Um, and he ended up being great, but it well, took a long dang time, if you remember. I mean, when we were doing the same thing you were doing back when I first met Jennifer 30 years ago, you get horses off of Penn National, one of the same tracks you're talking about, right? The lower level tracks, and you'd get a horse off the track, and you didn't do anything for that horse for 30 days because you had to wait for the drugs to wear off. Yeah, I mean, that's still a thing. Yeah, I mean, it's that hasn't changed. I hope it changes, but it hasn't changed yet. Well, speaking of that, it's appropriate that our next guest is who it is. Um, so let's first... God love her. <laughs> let's first hear about uh, one of our terrific sponsors, WinTech. Coach Jen here, HRN Chaos Control Officer and host of the Horse Tip Daily Show here on Horse Radio Network. Longtime Horse Radio Network fans know that I'm a big fan of Wintech saddles. I've been riding in them for about 20 years now. Whether I'm eventing, showing in dressage, or fox hunting, or hitting the trail at an endurance competition, I know my saddle fits my horse, and it's going to hold up to the toughest conditions and look great doing it. You may be wondering exactly which saddle do I use for this varied group of disciplines? Well, Wintech makes saddles for every discipline. That's how. I have several. And WinTech doesn't sit on their laurels range. So head out to your local tax store and have a sit in one. Or you can contact your favorite online retailer, arrange a test ride, or check them out online at wintechsaddles.us. I'd like to welcome Dr. Emily Weiss, Vice President of the ASPCA Equine Welfare, uh, to talk to us about, I think this might be my favorite month of the entire year, because it is the inaugural Adopt-A-Horse Month. Hi, Emily. Hi, it's great uh, great to be here, and for sure, it is my favorite month, um, absolutely. What gave you guys this idea? Well, you know, over the past few years, we've really been uh, working to help change the perspective of who horses in transition are. So, so who are these horses that are in shelters and rescues that are simply just looking for their next home, who they are, and, and being able to, to help folks understand that really they're the very same horses that are um, in our barns all over this country, uh, and they're just looking for their, their next great home um, and their next great career. 
And uh, Adopt a Horse Month gave us the ability to, to both use the ASPCA platform, which is a great platform to get messages out, and not only reach um, the uh, the equine community, but also reach the general public and help really spread the word around who these these horses are. And um, so, Adopt a Horse Month is is an incredible platform for that for for us to be talking about uh, horses with all sorts of uh, people from all walks of life. You have been with the ASPCA since 2005, and uh, you have a lot of experience working with zoos and shelters and equestrian facilities and uh, um, your behaviorists, all these things. So what do you think has changed in in our world that all of a sudden we are like really, it, which I think is very important, focusing on the adoption of horses? You know, I think a lot has changed um, in the past few years, uh, and and part of that I think is the is um, what we have done at the ASPCA, what the Right Horse Initiative has done um, to be able to engage uh, the equine community and equine industry um, to uh, help um, get the word out and to help with the work. Right. So there was this um, uh, perceived disconnect between um, the uh, the work of groups like shelters and rescues and, and groups like the ASPCA and um, the, the general industry, uh, trainers and veterinarians and um, those working with horses um, for their professional careers. And, I, and being able to make that connection um, and build those bridges uh, uh, has, I think, made such a big difference um, mm-hmm. for these horses. And, you know, you think about the Retired Racehorse Project as a, as a great example of a, of a program that helped lead that way, right? So um, really being able to get the message out about who these horses are, bringing in those great, incredible, talented trainers um, and individuals to be able to help highlight the, the next career for these horses uh, was a game changer. And being able to ride a wave like that um, is something that we've been able to take advantage of um, to be able to help continue to make that change. Um, and it really is the power of all of those people who have horses in their lives. And we all have the same goal, right? We all want these horses to have good welfare. And this this is a, a such an incredible way for us to all rally around um, those horses and make that positive change. Yeah, I, I agree. And I think one of the, also the things I've noticed is the ASPCA is putting its stamp and the Right Horse Initiative is putting its stamp on rescues because we all have known, quote, rescues that are supposed to save mm-hmm. the horse. And, and you show up and you're like, what were they rescued from? You know, and so there are there's a stamp that you guys put on on rescues that are approved through you guys. Talk about that a little bit. Yeah, so the, the Right Horse Initiative um, has uh, two arms. Right? So we have the, the work that we are doing with our industry partners and then the work we're doing with our adoption partners to help increase the professionalism and um, help them uh, be able to have the resources they need to help more horses. Um, and so Right Horse Initiative adoption partners um, all agree philosophically about the approach for, for adoption so that puts cust- uh, c- client service first making the right match first, um, respecting the, their, our, our adopters first, and um, uh, making sure that, that their, uh, their daily operations and how they care and treat their horses um, is, is um, spot on. So um, we're really excited about uh, the progress that has been made. Those groups in general um, have continued to see now, this is the third year of us seeing um, like 20% increases in adoptions um, from these organizations and um, the horses continuing to be to go on to, to, to great careers. Um, so that I think is a, is a big difference. Only those groups that are um, willing to make those changes um, can put their horses on myrighthorse.org, uh, and that's our adoption platform. So um, if you're looking for a horse, going to myrighthorse.org, um, you can feel confident that the horses that you are going to be seeing there and the groups that you're going to be engaging with um, are going to treat you um, with the respect um, and treat those horses with the respect that they all deserve. It's kind of like a a bat. It's like a security blanket for the adopter because you know, you're going to a place that has been vetted and fully approved. And 
I would be remiss if I did not thank you so much for all the work that you've done to help the off the track thoroughbreds here in Oklahoma. Because for those who don't know that I I train a lot of horses constantly, they come off the track and, and I've been able to partner with horse and hound rescue in Guthrie, Mm -hmm. Oklahoma. And thanks to a grant from the ASPCA, all the training is is taken care of through through y'all and we went from la you know typical year for them is to adopt out 30 horses and we adopted out 102 last year so i think uh, i mean a part of it is people wanting horses in this covid climate but also because they're be able to see that that these horses that you know i take them from where they're off the track and maybe don't understand a lot of things to to, to finding where they are in their training and and to to push them forward a little bit and give them the exposure that they need and it, none of it would be possible without the ASPCA so i just wanted to publicly take a minute to thank you guys for all that work you're doing well thank you very much and i would say that um, a lot of thanks is has to go to the trainers that are willing to give it a go, uh, right? And um, <laughs> to be able to um, recognize that these horses, again, right, that these horses are, are the same horses that are in their, their um, regular programs. Uh, and so it is really, it's that, right? So and we see that as such an important key to um, getting more and more of these horses home uh, more quickly. And, and th- those trainers, and that's what, what a difference, right? So think about um, the, the impact that that had. You just talked about it, right? That, that's how we get to done so quickly. Um, and trainers being interested in participating in programs like that, um, there, there is a, uh, absolutely a, a living for them. Um, and that's not just through a grant opportunity. It then becomes that these horses' adoption fees can help to support that trainer moving forward. Uh, and, you know, that's, that's how we get it done. Um, and, and, you know, I, it's, it, to me, it's so exciting. Well, you don't have to thank me for helping because it's the most fun thing I think that <laughs> there is on the planet is it training an off the track thoroughbred or, or just figuring them out. Besides, you know, it provides good is. content for the show. it is the most satisfying thing too i had somebody talk about it uh sent me a letter about how like they love listening to me talk about the adoptions because they just know how excited i am it is it's so exciting to me to to partner up with somebody and and find them the right horse a hashtag right horse so um it is adopt a horse month you guys let's see you've got 21 more days if you haven't already adopted this horse but go to um let's see what is the adopt a horse pay where can they so find my dot org. um so just go, go to myrighthorse.org and find a horse that you're interested in adopting maybe you're not quite ready yet another way you can help us is by finding a horse that if you could adopt you would and spread the word so share that yeah. horse on social media help that horse get home um and, and that would be uh, tremendously helpful I love and what's really fun about myrighthorse.org is it's not just thoroughbreds. We've got thoroughbreds and there's ponies and there's let's say there's gated horses and standard breds and a Mustang, a Tennessee walking horses, paint horses, there's everything and they're all over the country and these are places that you can trust to be honest with you because these people want the horse to go to the right home. And I I, I we talked um to Christy uh, from the from the ASPs from my right horse on the retired racehorse radio, and I fell in love with one of the horses, and I'm I i do not see him on here, so maybe he got adopted. But I uh, the senior horses just have my heart. I just can't stand it. So there's some of everything. There's riding. There's a Pasofino on here. Uh, there's everything from all ages, all colors, all sizes, all breeds, and uh, it's it's really exciting. Uh, oh, there's one of my uh, even the horse and hound horses are on here. Look at that. See that <laughs> now you've lost me. For the rest of the show, Glenn, because I'm on looking at horse adoptions. <laughs> well, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to search for burrito. There's even um, miniature miniature donkeys um, available for adoption on my right horse too. So there is something for everyone uh, uh, for sure. And I, you know, listen, I'm looking right out at my uh, horse that I adopted from my right horse. So um, uh, there are some pretty incredible horses there. Okay, I found my one that I liked on Retired Racehorse Radio. His name is Sticks. Stick to Roses. He's a 
2000 version thoroughbred gelding and I'm, like, I'm so bad glad <laughs> <Can we?" laughs> I'll ship him out oh, he is adorable <laughs> oh my god I love him so much he's he's just a yeah. babysitter but you know what everybody needs a babysitter so somebody adopts dick yeah. so I don't because uh, <laughs> you know I need more um, so you guys there's also something really cool that's going on let's talk before we run out of time oh, we've already run out of time but I'm gonna keep going uh, so we have a well wait a support the at-risk horses and we want to make you guys want to make and i now have signed it a petition to make adopt a horse month actually happen every year how does that work so if you go to aspca.org backslash adopt a horse month uh, you can there's several actions you can take you can uh, sign a petition to help assure that um, May is always Adopt a Horse Month uh, moving into the future. Uh, there's tons of great happy tales uh, there for you to read about um, some great horses that have been adopted. Uh, so there's some blogs um, that are of interest, I think, for just about everyone. Uh, you won't well cry. Only- you won't cry at all. Like, no, it's fine. No. No. <laughs> <laughs> And then you could also link back to um, my right horse there as well. So um, uh, we would love for folks to go and and, uh, click on uh, to add their name to help at-risk horses. So again, that's ASPCA.org backslash Adopt-A-Horse-Month. Fantastic. Well, uh, again, ASPCA is just uh, just an organization that is really, really cares about the the horses and the horses in transition. And I'm, I'm happy to, 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 to be a part of it. It's so exciting. So Dr. M. Emily Weiss, thank you so much for coming on. And uh, we've given people lots of websites to visit. You guys go sign the petition and adopt a horse. It's that easy. <laughs> Perfect. Thank you, Dr. You're Weiss. Tired. <laughs> <laughs> thank I'm making you guys. a trip to Maryland to go get sticks. Somebody <laughs> I think you should. Caravan them down to me. <laughs> Thanks, Emily. Yeah, bye-bye. All right, there. Like you need another horse. Oh my god! He's so <laughs> I always lose you when it's situations like this where there's an auction going on. I'm sc- uh, then you're gone. <laughs> That's <laughs> you're gone. Well, get ready to do some question first world problems. But first, I have to tell you about Cavallo Cavallo Trek hoof boots. These are the ones I've used on scooters since we got scooters. So probably nine years I've been using these hoof boots on scooter. Used them yesterday, took them out for a drive, and I got some new ones. So I put uh, his brand new ones on, and he he had his new sneakers. I'll post a picture of him. He was so cute. Uh, The reason I use them, one, is they fit all kinds of horses' feet in all sizes. They have small pony sizes. They have mini sizes. The mini ones look like you should hang them from the rearview mirror. Um, And they got all the way up to large drafts of horse sizes. So they they have they're breathable. They have drainage so that if you go through water, they have holes to drain out the bottom. They, they're quick to dry. Uh, and so if you're an endurance rider or you're a carriage driver and you, you go through a wet, mucky area like Florida, then they're perfect for that as well. Uh, I use the Trek hoof boots, although they have uh, about 15 different kinds and sizes and styles of, of boots. They have different colors. But the really cool part is just for listeners of Horse Radio Network, from now through June 30th, you can get 20% off your next order of boots. So use the coupon code HRN. That's coupon code HRN at cavallo-inc.com. I'll put that in the show notes. I'll put this whole thing in the show notes so you can just look there on your phone, click on it, and go buy some boots. Cavallo-inc.com. And you get 20% off your next order. They're terrific boots. They last a long time. Mine usually lasts for years. They dry rot before they fall apart. Uh, Mine usually lasts for years. I use them, as I said, all the time with Scooter. Every time we drive them on any pavement or road, that way I don't have to keep shoes on him because he really doesn't like to have shoes on. He doesn't need them here. So it's all sand. So it works out perfectly. For those that are not British or from Pennsylvania, yes, it's been a very long conversation if you're new. And the fact that he pronounces it who And, and, and we've had farriers on here that pronounce it that way too. So half of us have British. determined that Jamie is wrong. No, you lose every time. <laughs> Every half of them, half of us have determined Jamie is wrong. Not half. And half. Not At least half. half. I think it's more than half now. I really do. You're so it's time it. for the weekly look at your equestrian first world problems. This ought to be Mine good. Is the revisionist history of my co-host. God, he just makes <laughs> everything up.
All right. Now, um, remember, these are the, we, we are giving voice to the voiceless today, Glenn. These are people that have problems and they have to share their problems for cathartic reasons. And I would like to point out that these are all from our auditors on Sunday afternoon, evening, or Monday morning. I put a post on the Horses in the Morning auditors The Facebook picture was page. really funny this week. <laughs> yeah. I started making memes of Lucas. <laughs> he did it too. Anyway, yeah, so like um, I made that specifically for all of us. It's a meme of Lucas and, and he's just making a great face. Anyway, uh, so these are submitted by our listeners. I can't make this stuff up. I am not in charge of it. But Glenn, if people want to become an auditor and participate, how do they do it? Just go to horseradionetwork.com. Scroll down the right-hand side of the page. You'll see an auditor banner. Click on that. Takes you to Patreon, where you too, for as little as $3 a month, can donate to the cause, can donate to the hosts here and keeping the network running, and also become an auditor, get uh, into our super-secret auditor room, where there's a lot of conversations that go on over there. So, And there's about oh. 50 sub pages off of that about everything and anything too so uh you can be part of all of that plus uh you know we do special things for auditors all the time mean people are not allowed in there so that's good all right chantel has the first one and chantel and i have similar first world problems very first world so she says my husband got me a massage and a facial from a spot for mother's day Yay, but now I have to pay rates for daycare to use it. <laughs> like double the money. Um, I, I thought she like was going to say, but he went and used it. I, <laughs> no, she's got to pay to use it. And and then Chantel, uh, a similar first world problem for me is my husband gave me a gift certificate to a spa. And I want nothing more than one of those massages where they back the car over you and like drive it forward <laughs> or back. If you touch. Like I want a massage... I want the person to ask me if I bruise, easy. <laughs> you know, like that kind of massage. And I want that. And so I got the gift card and I was like booking it, but I still can't get a massage because of my shoulder, uh, like the shoulder surgery I had, yeah. you still can't push on like, you can't touch the top well, of it. Well, they could do so all I, but one shoulder. Is that really a balance? <laughs> I'll walk out of there with a limp. <laughs> um, Jenny says, Yay, we're flying to Florida for vacation today, but we won't be anywhere near Ocala, and I can't go meet Scooter. I know. I'm, I'm mad at you for that, by the way, still. Where is she going? I She's going she to said... Southern Florida, I think. Yeah. Okay. It's a long like... way. Florida's a big, long state. It is. It's a... <laughs> Thank you for that. Uh, dropping that knowledge on us, fun. <laughs> <laughs> but Florida's really long. Uh, Kristen says, I've finally got my COVID Peloton bike and now I'm too sore to ride my fancy warm blood. <laughs> <laughs> that fancy warm blood is Zara, by the way. Um, Andrea says after four years of restarting my horse, he is completely perfect. But now I feel like I need to get a project horse because he's too perfect. Like today I taught him to come to the mounting block when I stand on it and he did it. Where's the challenge? <laughs> Dude, anytime I get a horse to where it's perfect, I freaking sell it and start over. I totally do. Because, like, the point is educating them and have a better life. But, yeah, yeah, I get it. You're to like, go to people like me who doesn't want to do any of that. I just want the horse to just go. It's, like, really bad ads when people, like, I will I have a unstarted six-year-old stallion stud colt, you know, nightmare, not hard. Anybody want to trade it for a dead broke horse? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> No, <laughs> nobody ever does. Audra says the baby horse I'm riding is finally ready to move up the dressage levels. And we're showing this Saturday, but I got distracted by my upcoming vacation and I haven't learned the test yet. <laughs> you got a couple days. You got a couple days. Uh, unless it's like one of those long, extensive tests where you have to practice for months. Uh, Kim says, my husband just got the new iPhone 12 Pro Max and just ordered new custom golf clubs. So I figure I could finally order some really fancy custom dressage boots, but there aren't any horse shows with vendors so I can compare them. Girl, I'm in the same situation. I need a new flak jacket, like uh, the vest that I wear. I had to borrow a friend's tipperary because mine zipper busted on my Charles Owen, and I, it's really old anyway. So I need a new vest, but I, there's nowhere to go try them on. I can't. The, the, I do this stuff at Rolex every year, Land Rover, Kentucky. God. Um, okay. 
Courtney says, I was going to enter a horse show next month, but then my puppy ate something out of the compost and it cost me $150 to fix him. And that's the cost of the entry. And why are shows so expensive? I get it. <laughs> Stephanie says, I swore. <laughs> this is a lie. All horse girls tell themselves. I swore when I got my new truck that I would clean and vacuum it every weekend. And I did for a month and a half. But then now that new feeling's kind of wearing off and it's spring and it's mud season. It's taking me forever to clean it. I'm a horse girl. And if I'm going to clean the mud off anything, it's going to be my horse. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Uh, Liz says, I bought this really cute Equestria knockoff quilted vest from Amazon, making sure it would arrive in time for my next weekly lesson. It did, but it rained the day of my lesson and I couldn't even wear it. <laughs> So much planning goes into our existence, Glenn. You have no idea the mind of a woman. I always tell Chad, I'm like, do you think I'm hard to be around? You should try being me. Like, it's a whole different book. <laughs> For some reason, we never see it that way. No. no. Like, if you are frustrated, think how frustrated <laughs> I am. Because I am this. Um, Cynthia says, all of my family are now fully vaccinated. So I'm on vacation visiting my twin granddaughters for 10 days in Chicago. But now I don't get to ride my three Frisians for 10 <laughs> days straight. How will I survive? <laughs> there Cynthia is a first just, world problem. All she has to do is say the word Frisian and anywhere in her first world yes. problem. We're like, oh, yeah, yeah that's the yeah, one with yeah. three freaking She's the Frisians. One Frisians. <laughs> that's right. Ugh. We picture chandeliers on the ceiling of your barn. So jealous. <laughs> uh, Lindsay says, after a while of looking, I found somebody who's going to be perfect to lease my horse. But I want to ride him every day. <laughs> Don't leave them. Uh, Anna says, I got to ride as many horses as I wanted this whole entire weekend. But now I'm too sore to do anything else. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot of that going on in this uh, first world problem session. Yes, exactly. Uh, Carrie says, I spent the majority of my day riding two wonderful horses, but then I had to go home and like mow the lawn before drinking margaritas. It's not fair. <laughs> Um, Sharon says my horse won best dressage in his division, but they didn't get the big, pretty rosette in time. So now I have to wait for it. Ugh. God, and then you don't get to post on social media immediately after it happened. Sharon, I am with you. I will wait for half an hour. Like I've sit there like watching my watch and like, give me my seventh place ribbon. I need it. Uh, Hannah says, Oh, Hannah, this is a problem. You got to remedy this. And all of those listening, Hannah says, I just realized I can't feasibly make it to the North Dakota Horse Expo. And I'm definitely pouting because all the cool people are going and I have to work. Well, Hannah, you're going to have to call in sick or take, I mean, it's a weekend. Just take Friday off or come Saturday and Sunday. I don't know what you do for a living, but I'm sure it's important. Isn't that um, the one you're going to? Yes, I'm a clinician. At an expo. Yeah, get your There's priorities right. Who is that now? Who is that? Hannah Barker. Hannah, get your priorities straight. What's wrong <laughs> yeah. with you? I mean, this is like my kind of debut. Like, yeah. uh, there's a poster of me, Glenn. I'm on a poster. You're on a poster. You're, are you on a billboard? Please tell me you're on a, like a huge billboard. I'm pretty sure there's not a budget for a billboard, <laughs> but it's at least an online poster. Oh, really? Okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah. What's um, it, is it good? Is it a good picture of you? Yeah, it's me jumping group. Kayla Muller actually took the photo and it's like inlaid with like me and Monty's picture and like all the stuff I'm going to do. It's pretty cool. So yeah, North Dakota Horse Expo, June 4th, 5th, 6th. I'm going to be there. It's going to be awesome. It's Debbie, North Debbie Dakota is coming. equine.com, by the way, if you want to go to Yeah, uh, just Google Indie Horse Expo. Oh, Gladius the show is going to be there. Yes. Debbie Maybe Louse you learned a Roman ride. Yeah. They, you know, I did get invited to participate in the side saddle clinic. However, I, um, I'm going to be awful busy. I have to teach, I'm teaching four clinics a day, a day. So there's going to be everything, lot. um, from I'm doing uh, restarting the off the track thoroughbred join up clinic, a long lining clinic, and then just a dressage and event, like eventing basics kind of. Clinic. I think you so. got to do, you got to do Roman riding once we need the video. Uh, and then, and then we'll, I'll come visit you in the hospital after. Can I remind you, I am 43 <laughs> years old. Okay. Yeah. I'm looking at the pictures of the girls doing the Roman riding. Well, They're not. 
Well, they're not 43. I'm looking at Gladius, by the way, who I assume is the big guy that looks like Hercules. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> like, he's huge. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Norton Horus Expo. What are you guys doing in June? Like, nothing else. Come on. All right. Nelly says, I finally got the right property to build a barn and a paddock paradise that I've been dreaming about my whole entire life. But now all the builders are so freaking busy, I can't even get a call back. <laughs> that is a problem. Oh, my gosh. So, yeah, it's a thing. Like, it's all hard. right, we have time for one more. Uh, that was it. That was oh, it. We're done. See, done? I, I timed this you stuff. You are what? good. You are good. You guys all have your problems. So many problems. Oh, you know what? I have a first world problem. I'll wrap it up with mine. Is the fact that there is champagne and strawberries Right downstairs, and I'm not eating or drinking them right now. Well, that's perfect transition, because I was just going to tease our post-show, which is going to be very short, but I got to talk about the New World Equestrian Center Hotel. And that ties directly into strawberries and champagne. Champagne and strawberries. <laughs> so you're bougie enough to go to it, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, let's uh, get our next guest on. She's an auditor of ours. Her name is Lindsay Ardmore. She actually lives right here. And apparently she knows the executive chef at the new restaurant in the new hotel. So um, we are going to get her on to talk about a program she is putting together that's kind of cool. Well, hi, Lindsay. Welcome to the show. Hi, thank you for having me. Now, you're an auditor of ours and a listener for a long time. So uh, thank you for that, first of all. Oh, of course. You guys are, you guys keep me, you guys keep me alive. Honestly, I love listening to the podcast. Well, thank you. That's very, that's a nice compliment today. Well, you are doing some good things. First of all, I know that you're a hell of a businesswoman. You know, we talk about badasses we have on the show. Well, Lindsay's one of them. She's a badass (laughs) businesswoman. Uh, And she helps other badasses uh, grow their businesses and, and does a great job with that. But you also, from what I've been able to tell from just following you, we haven't met yet, but by the way, we're vaccinated now, so you can come over anytime and join the show. Yay, me so, too. Yeah, all right, you got to come over and sit in on a whole episode, okay? Okay. All okay. right, we got to meet. Um, but you're doing a cool program for veterinarians. First of all, where'd your love of veterinarians come in? Oh my goodness. Well, I have been, I've been, I've been an animal lover since I was little. Started riding when I was four with my mom. My mom got me into horses, and I got my daughter into horses. So that's bad news for the future. But I just have always wanted to be a vet. I think I never outgrew that. And I just, every time my, our vets would come to do our horses or we took our dogs to the vet or our cats, I just would sit there and be like, tell me all the things, tell me all the things. But I actually, I, I never became a vet. Do you regret that? Um, yes and no. Like I, I worked for a vet. Um, when I was in college, I graduated with the intention of going to vet school. And I spoke to so many vets that were like, don't do it. It's terrible. And isn't that, isn't that a terrible thing to tell people that want to get into the industry? Yes. That is like, that's, um, let me take your dreams and I'm going yes. to crush them. Yes. That's what, that's what they did. I had this really awesome vet. He was wonderful. And I sat down with him. He's like, Lindsay, I need to talk to you about something. And so I went into his office and he was like, now you're not really serious about actually becoming a vet, right? You could be a vet tech and I'm a Virgo and I'm a little bit sassy. And I was like, um, I'm going to be a veterinarian if I'm going to be anything. And he was like, uh, you really don't want to do it. You really don't want to do it. Long hours, not enough pay too much, uh, too many student loans, like all of the things. And he sat there and he talked me out of it for like an hour and I didn't go to vet school dream crusher. (laughs) Yes. And you know, what's sad is that so many vets, they will, and you know, there's a difference between what, who was graduating, you know, and who is graduating. Um, there's a big difference in the demographic and the, who graduated previously. Um, a lot of those that I talked to said, don't get into the field. And the reason being is because they've worked themselves into the ground. They've dealt with a lot of burnout and they've didn't, they, they've, they're businesses. They're not business people. And so, yeah, they're just not business people. We'll just leave it at that. Um, which leaves a lot of room for, you know, overwhelm dealing with working at all hours, not having enough support and not making enough money. I was just going to say with the route you took, you're making a lot more money and you're not going out at calls in one in the morning for colic. So amen. amen. <laughs> and I, I regret like there's little things that I was like, man, I probably should have I probably should have done it. And I even posted in the auditor page. I'm like, guys, talk me out of going to vet school. 
and everyone was not talking me out of going to vet school. <laughs> and I was like, man, should I do this? I live, I mean, um, I'm like Glenn's neighbor. We're, we're in Ocala too. And I just live, you know, an hour South of the vet school at UF. And I was like, I could probably get in. I'm a mom, but I could probably do it. And I just was, I just had, I just had a crazy experience though, that kind of changed the path and, and made me realize I need to start helping veterinarians instead of becoming a veterinarian. So what's this program that you're putting together? How does it help veterinarians? Yeah. So it's called the automated vet. And what I do is I've been in, um, basically in the business coaching world for five years now, before that I worked as a chief operating officer of a business consulting company. And what I do is I help female entrepreneurs get automated online and make more money while they sleep. People think it's crazy. I work six to eight hours per week um, and I have a multi six figure business. And literally I had this experience where I had basically two different vets out in a very short period of time. And my horse, my horse got a finger sized splinter in her belly is basically what happened. And that night I woke up and I was like, I need to be helping vets. I need to be helping vets. This is what I need to be doing. And I realized that everything that I've done for the past five years for, for women online in the online space, um, like a hundred percent translates to equine vets. And all of that doesn't take a minute more of effort or intention on their part, because the thing about equine vets is that they have all the traffic that they need. And they, what I mean by traffic is there's people constantly needing a vet, right? Like you're constantly Googling, you're constantly asking, you're constantly talking to friends, you're constantly saying, oh, my horse is, is it colicking? Is he not colicking? Who should I be contacting, right? Well, when when you actually put all of that into context of what a business needs to be doing, their businesses are all of all equine vets besides like one or two that I've noticed in the entire country, entire United States, um, has opportunity to actually nurture and love on prospective clients and none of them do it. And if they do any of it, it's really bad. And so what we do with the automated vet is we basically automate and get, get prospective clients to come into, um, your practice and reach out to your practice and keep you top of mind. So you're generating more clients without doing any more work. That's wild. And that's something actually that I think a lot of the small animal vets have gotten really good at. Exactly. Yeah. Think about, yeah, think about small animal vets. And the biggest thing I can tell people, and I, sometimes I have, um, I do these trainings online and get vets on and I get, I get them to start getting their wheels turning. And I want you to think about if you go to a small animal vets website, they have all sorts of things for you to do right? Like, it's like, okay, I can opt in for this calendar. I can make sure I get reminders on this thing. I can make sure I can get, you know, a $10 off coupon for my flea medication. Like small animal vets have this nailed down, but small animal vets also have captive audiences because someone has to come into their space, come into their practice, they get worked on and then they, they leave. Right. And the vet actually gets to be out of the middle because you talk to the receptionist and you talk to the assistant and maybe you talk to, you know, a vet tech and then the vet comes in, the vet leaves and then you're walking out and they're like, oh yeah. And you know, you can add 500 more dollars of stuff here. And you're like, okay, right. But equine vets don't have that. And so when you go to an equine vets website, usually they're from like 1990 or 2000. (laughs) (laughs) They're not mobile optimized. They're not friendly. You have no idea who the vets are. We don't really care about where you graduated from, right? We want to know what your specialties are. And there's no way for, for that vet to capture or, you know, request any information besides a contact us form. Wait a minute. So bottom line, you're trying to modernize the equine vet world. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yes, then you get it. (laughs) I'm trying to bring them into 2021. Yeah, good luck with some of the ones I've met over the years. (laughs) Oh, but but Glenn, that's why I talk about like, I always call them the old guard. And they really are the old guard. These are the guys that graduated from vet school, you know, in like the 60s and 70s and 80s. And they've grown businesses through blood, sweat and tears. You know, but a lot of the the graduates and the vets coming out right now, the classes are predominantly female and females more often than not want to do things a little bit more with more ease, more flow. It doesn't have to be so difficult. And every single vet that I talk to, they're like, I really would love to not work so much. I really would love to be able to, 
you know, bring on more clients. I hate social media. I don't know how to do these things. I don't know how to market. I have my, my little posty note up at the board on the, you know, at the Seminole feed store. And the reality is, is that business, their businesses don't have to be so hard and they already have everything they need. We just have to put in a couple little modern, you know, regular marketing things that most other businesses have. Um, and they do see growth immediately. You know, I, I really want her to spend an hour and a half with Dr. Siemens and see who comes out bloody. <laughs> this is great. It's called theautomatedvet.com. If you work for a vet, I know a lot of our listeners actually work in vet offices. Uh, if you work for a vet or you're a veterinarian yourself and you're taking a listen, then check it out. It might be something worth uh, looking into to help help you save some time running your business. I know we can all do that. Um, and I was going to say, this needs to be for like everybody. Bring you into the... I mean, you need to work with Glenn. Get him into the... <laughs> Then the I'll, I'll come. I'll come. I'll come. Listen, and then we can talk about your business. How about Lindsay? I'm not female, though, so I don't qualify. That's okay. I, you know what I say. I work with um, female entrepreneurs and some cool, sparkly dudes. So if you, <laughs> if you could identify as a sparkly dude, then uh, I don't know. that'll can, have to be your call. Together. That'll have to be your call, Lindsay. <laughs> you know what? You know, Do it for me, Lindsay. Do it for me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Lindsay, this is great. Thank you so much for joining us today, and definitely we'll have to arrange in the next month or so for you to come over and sit in on the show live. We'd love that. Oh, thank you guys so much. This has been such a pleasure. The automated... Oh, before you go, uh, do you have time to hang around for the post show for a minute? Sure. Okay, good. Because in the post show, we're going to talk about the new new hotel over to World Questions. Oh, okay. I know you know somebody, so hang around for that. Thank you, everybody, for joining us today. We really appreciate it. Tomorrow on the show, we have the endurance episode. And then on Thursday is going to be Mary and Jennifer. Otherwise, Jamie and I are here all week as well on Wednesday and Friday. So we got a full boat of shows for you this week. Of course, you can find all the past episodes at horsesinthemorning.com. You can find Jamie at... You can find me on Facebook, Flyover Farm, Jamie Jennings, Certified Monty Roberts Instructor. You can also learn more about the North Dakota Horse Expo. Just uh, go to North Dakota. I don't know what the website is, but it's on Facebook, too. So just search North Dakota Horse Expo. I found it, too. It's NorthDakotaHorses.com or something like that. So, yeah, I just Googled so it. So you it don't right know at either. The top. <laughs> and I saw your picture on there jumping and your picture with Monty. So uh, your poster. So good job. All right. Thanks, everybody. And we'll talk to you all tomorrow. All right, everybody, spay, neuter, and geld. (laughs) 